My name is Nicholas Gonzalez. Thanks for coming over. Each episode, we'll get the chance to meet someone new who may not be able to introduce themselves anymore through the stories and memories shared here. Today, I have a lovely friend of mine. We met back in college, and I've seen them perform quite a few times. They're a fantastic uh, artist and someone I'm very close to. Uh, Their name is Aiden. How's it going, Aiden? Hi, hi, um, hi. Um, it's Adden. Adden, sorry. Um, I. It's okay. This is not a name I go by very often. I know it's it's been a while actually since I've I've actually referred to you that way because ah, you normally, yeah. like especially in social media, you you go by another name, right? I do. Yeah. Um, online I go by Mona Diet. Um, it's my drag persona. Yeah. Awesome. So how's it going? <laughs> it's going great. Um, I'm just happy to be working from home and that everybody around me has been even though they've had some people have had covid like it's everybody's made it through but i'm really excited to you know bring someone uh up here that that has that made an impact in my life you know yeah well that's good um are you did you get sick then or was it just some other people around you yeah, my mother and her husband got sick, and he spent three weeks in the ICU. Oh wow! But you said they you said he's doing all right now. Yeah, they they're both doing good. They, it. I think he's gonna have some like long term uh, uh, effects. Uh, gets tired like after five minutes of any sort of activity, like walking, mm. washing his hands, taking a shower. Like he just gets so tired, and it's kind of sad to see. Yeah. Well, hopefully with time that that gets better. I I actually haven't seen you in a long time. I think the last time was oh, quite a few years ago because I was in between tours and coming to say hi, I think, right? Yeah, um I want to say it was 2019 maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a while. But I do COVID remember kind of like jumped in and kicked our asses. Right. <laughs> I I remember going to a couple of your shows before though. They were quite a lot of fun. Yeah. And... Having shows is uh was one of my favorite things to do and I um I'm very happy that um we've been able to stay connected, albeit throughout the years. Um sometimes I feel like with theater, don't you feel like it doesn't matter how long it's been, but like Mm-hmm. When you get to see someone again, it's just like you had seen each other the morning before. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like every time I, I get to see you, it's just like, oh, yeah, I get to see my friend again. And, and we we catch up on anything that has happened between. But like it's never awkward or anything like that. And uh, I get to hear about all the fun new activities and stuff that you're doing. Yeah, it's and same to you. Like, um. What was your last tour before this happened? Uh, I was on the uh, Anastasia tour when that had to stop and shut down. Hot damn. Yeah. Hot yeah. Damn. Where had you gone so far? Uh, 
I had joined them after they had been on the road for a while. I had joined them in L.A. And then we went to a few places in Arizona and then California again. And then we actually were up in Toronto for six weeks during the holidays. So that was that was an insane time. I miss Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody that I know that tours says Toronto is the best city, period. It is. And I mean, like, even being up there in winter, it was still a lot of fun because I hate the cold. But it was still a lot of fun to go around because there was so many different things to do. And it was just a very open and welcoming place and very diverse. Like the I remember Queen Street was the main street that I was staying on because I stayed at an Airbnb. Uh-huh. And uh, I think it's like one of the longest streets in like North America anyways, because it just goes down and never ends. But like all <laughs> along the street, you see like a huge diverse of different shops and ethnicities represented. You'll have like a little like Ethiopian like restaurant next to like a, a small English bookstore next to a pub. And then right after that is like a sex shop. And then after that is just another like um, Taiwanese <laughs> restaurant. That's and it's so much. I'm I know. So jealous. And, I know. And it's so insane to like, cause we're, we're used to seeing all of that stuff very segregated. Like it's, it's in one area and that area only, but there it was just all together and very inclusive. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm really jealous of you, Nick, that you've been <laughs> able to tour, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got to done you've got to do quite a bit of stuff here locally too. You started quite a few um groups and stuff like that here, right? Yeah. Um I've started or been a part of probably like six or seven drag troops um and shows and I, yeah, I really have been able to do a lot here. I was part of uh, initially, when I got here, I auditioned for a few shows and it wasn't quite what I wanted. Um, so I started drag with um, a competition through the house. Uh, some of the people from the house of uh, Star, Star House. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I met the bad kids and became a bad kid. Um, <laughs> I did some shows at Metro with DJ Robbie Rob, Mayday and Flame Fatale. And then, oh my gosh, I have, I've done brunches. I've done everywhere. I've, I've been all around the city and nothing <laughs> to the extent like you, Nick. So I'm excited that, you know, you still come back and you treat me just like any one of your cool outdoor <laughs> friends. Oh, you are my cool friend. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, who would you like to introduce today? So I would like to introduce someone from my extended drag family and actually one of the first people, one of the first drag queens I met. Their name uh, is Vivica Starr. They're amazing. They have uh, had such a such an amazing love for drag. And they they were a they had diabetes um and you know it was always like part of the of their story of their life of every moment and i don't know how but somehow she was at every event and multiple events a night and always showed out and it was just one of those wild people that 
you always knew was going to be somewhere. Okay, cool. Yeah, they sound like a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice. Uh, when did you guys actually meet? It must have been 2012 when I came to Salt Lake City from college. I don't quite have uh, like that first memory of them. There was a club here called, at the time I think it was called Sound or Pure or, you know, it's one of those clubs that like is in every city where like every every two months it's a new gay club <laughs> um, owned by new people. And they just had like a really big stage and it was uh, 18 plus on one side and 21 plus on the other. So it was actually one of the first clubs I went to, even in college, like I came up one December and just like dressed up with friends and we went and I think I remember seeing her that first day to describe her style. She was old school drag, old school. She was actually pretty young, I think just like one or two years older than me and I'm currently 31. Um, She was about my same height, so about five, ten, six foot really thin. She always wore black hair, uh, any AB crystals and stretch sequins. Um, but her favorite and well, my favorite of her looks was when she would wear, do you remember those jeans that, um, that had like all the bling on them? Oh yeah. With the writing and everything on them. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what she would wear, but I don't, it felt like she blinged them out herself. Oh, perfect. So DIY. they were just like, exactly, just like super dragged out and rhinestones everywhere and their flare jeans and just a camisole. I don't know why she always wore that, but it was my favorite with the updo. Like, <laughs> yeah, like a foot high with buns here and uh, braids over there and those. Uh, like hairpins and beanchas is what I what I would call them like the oh yeah like the, the the big clips and stuff like that that would reach really far yes yes those kinds of giant clips for the hair and they were all rhinestoned by her <laughs> and I think I think one of my one of my favorite stories that she's still infamous for um is she was uh, walking from one club to another and went out into the middle of the street and everybody's like, Vivica, what are you doing? And then she's like, don't worry about it. And we just went into the club, whatever. She When she came back um, inside, she was carrying a hubcap. Okay. A, a goddamn hubcap. <laughs> and we were like, what the hell do you have that for? She said, I just found it in the road. I'm going to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> And lo and behold, a month later, the next time we went out, there was Miss Vivica Starr with a blinged goddamn hubcap on her goddamn head. <laughs> awesome. Well, she kept her word. She she always did. She definitely kept her word. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's funny. Oh, I, I can only imagine what that would have looked like the first time you saw that hubcap blinged out just sitting on top of her head oh that's great (laughs) yeah um i i just remember um drag if you don't know and for your listeners drag is very dramatic and 
people fight all the time over the stupidest shit and then it becomes serious shit and then whatever. But Vivica somehow, no matter where she was, people never took her seriously. And it was just like, that's Vivica, whatever. And I I didn't always feel like, feel her. You know what I mean? Like, she mm. wasn't my style. She wasn't, um, probably back then I would have said, like, she's not edgy or cool or things like that. Okay. Um, but I grew up a lot throughout the years. I mean, I've been doing drag I guess can quick question. Okay. Do any of us get to count last year for like <laughs> as as I think it's kind of like a leap year. It's kind of like that that year that doesn't really exist. <laughs> okay, so we'll jump back to last year. Okay. I've been doing drag for 10 years and in that time I have been an asshole, um, <laughs> a really great person, um vindictive excited i've been a drag mother i've been a drag auntie like i've been all of those things Mm -hmm. but after a while i really realized like vivica does not care about what people think of her simply because she loved doing this Mm -hmm. she loved showing her body in a way that just was loving and it was it was a gift. It was her gift to everybody. And when I saw how ridiculous she didn't, she wasn't the kind of person to really smile and giggle and run around the club. And, and I didn't know until later really how, how severe her, her, um, her case of diabetes was. And she, it, it makes sense looking back, right? How she wouldn't really run around the club when she was performing. It wasn't really, very active um she didn't choose like dance numbers which were really popular at the time mm-hmm. um she really chose ballads and this silly stupid track of uh, it's it's a drag staple the one with like the aliens uh it's a really famous drag track so it's uh aliens calling and they're talking about some sort of anal plane it's a stupid mix i'm sure you've heard it or will probably see someone in drag perform it yeah probably and she would Every, it was her favorite number. She would perform it everywhere at any moment, whenever she could. But, um, you know, just just having realizing uh, uh, that someone is not like competing, if that makes any sense. Like, maybe maybe up until then, I had been the kind of person that was always competing with someone, which I don't think is very healthy for someone to live under especially like in the arts there's no competition no one's yeah so so having that realization that oh girl vivica's here to enjoy herself and make sure everyone around her is enjoying themselves and i think that is 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 something that i'm pretty grateful for from vivica yeah no and that i guess that makes sense like in hindsight now reflecting on how she was before and her like her condition and everything else I guess it makes a lot of sense so you said that she was a lot of fun and everything what I guess besides the the hubcat is there any other moment that kind of stands out to you as kind of like pure Vivica as that's just who she is um I guess I would say um Vivica was bitchy 
Okay. is a motherfucker. <laughs> but the thing is, Vivica didn't really talk a lot. It was the side eye looking at you in that certain way um, to read you or giving her opinion. She would never give her opinion. It would just be, what do you think about so-and-so? They did this and they did that and they did this and they did that. And she would look at you with her giant 301s and just like look you up and down and just smirk and look away. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. I guess I guess at that point it's one of those like silence is golden kind of situations. Yeah, silence is golden is and maybe like oh you you know how I feel about them. You don't need to be asking this question. Right, right. Yeah. That yeah, makes sense. So, I guess in in your history with her, was she one of your drag mothers or an auntie? Or I guess just an, uh, another companion or another friend? Um, well, no, she, she, she wasn't a drag mother or auntie or anything like that. Um, I wasn't even one of her very good friends. Like I wasn't someone that we would just hang out all the time outside of drag. She, she, she was pretty, she was pretty, um, closed off for the most part. Um, she absolutely had her family, the star family. She was very close um, with Nicole and Kayla. And I guess um, uh, she she wasn't an, an auntie or anything, but she was always there in my peripheral. Um, she was there at the very start of everything. She came to uh, every show, no matter the faction of drag, like the, the weirdos and uh, like the club kids and the, the pageant drag people and the karaoke's and just always every single time I went out, no matter what club I was at, she was there. So just kind of seeing her live her fantasy at every moment without any sort of, um, what's the word? Um, I can't think of the word, uh, living her fantasy without any sort of apology. Okay. Yeah. I guess kind of like just staying true to, who she is and just not really paying attention to what it might mean to someone else outside of either the community or even within the community. Right. Absolutely. She was who she was and she wasn't going to change for anybody. Her drag was from 2003 and it was the height of drag and no one could tell her otherwise. And you know what? I agree with her. It is the height of drag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Awesome. I guess I'm curious then, what was it about her that affected you so much that that I guess you connected with if she wasn't like a very prominent, like besides seeing her everywhere, was there a particular, I guess, moment that you recall that kind of made you go, oh, I want them more present in my life or anything like that? Yeah. Um, as I learned more about her situation um, with diabetes, um, and I became a little bit closer, excuse me, with um, Nicole and reconnected with Kayla, um, I started to, you know, really understand uh, that kind of struggle she had been going to, going through. Um, mm-hmm. And 
it was a time in my life where I was starting to understand how difficult it was to be alive, basically. And, you know, I started to get a little bit closer with her um, and understand more about her home life with her own family, um, which I really didn't know much about and I still don't know much about. And I started to talk to her a little bit more than I had before, realizing how great she was and how funny she was and honestly how kind she was, um, even though she could be completely bitchy. Um, she could completely hate someone, but if their hair popped out, she'd be right there taking whatever giant clip she had in her hair and putting it in your hair. Just right there, ready to go. So when she passed, um, I felt very guilty. Very guilty that I didn't know she had been in the hospital, that I didn't know she was getting a transplant. I didn't know that part. And yes, she was very secretive. That wasn't uh, a part of life that she was very open about. So I didn't know that she had been in the hospital for so long and that she was so lonely. And that, I think, was like a catalyst for me. Um, and I did have a death of another friend that same, I think that same month that was kind of in a similar situation. And it kind of was like that, wow, this, uh, this life thing, huh? It's real short. Yeah. No, yeah, I definitely, I can definitely see that. Do you remember the day that you heard that she had passed away? I don't remember the day, dates or not. Well, I guess, uh, I, let me, let me rephrase that. Do you, when you did hear about her passing away and everything, do you remember like what you were doing or, or hearing the news and what was going um, on? I don't, I don't really remember. I don't really remember what I was doing. I just remembered that I felt it was the way I felt when, when it happened was that it was a sense of how could I have been so blind and just like self-absorbed and with my other friend passing away that same month, it, June of 2019. So like literally right after pride of 2019, it was, it was a, a big slap in the face. So it, it just this feeling of guilt. How could I, how could I have been so far removed? How could I have been, how did I not notice she wasn't at pride? How could I not notice that her, her presence, you know? Um, and right. it really made me start to see that all of us need each other in the community. Um, I became very, um, very focused on making sure, or I tried to, to become the type of person that was very sure that everybody was okay. Um, and I felt a big shift in my own drag career, uh, quotes, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> big quotes, that it, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter if I'm the most pretty, the skinniest, the funniest, the loudest, the most well-loved, and anybody fighting with each other, none of that matters. It really doesn't matter. 
that the only thing that matters is, well, that we're able to be with each other and that we're safe. Yeah. Yeah. I think, especially with last year, a lot of us kind of understand that now a bit more than before that it, so many things that we put our time and effort into, like whether or not we're super successful or popular or whether or not so-and-so thinks that I'm the best or, or anything like that, or if this group of people like want to be around me, it, it, it doesn't matter so much as we thought. It matters more of the, the personal connections that we have with each individual person. You know, having that one-on-one time with someone who you may not necessarily at that time see them as like a close friend, but you can think back and say, oh, yeah, I I had that conversation with this person and it was actually really good. And, you know, you had that, at least for that moment, that connection was there. Absolutely. Is there anything in particular that will remind you suddenly of Vivica? Like... um, like either a particular object that you see or a smell or a place? Yeah. Every single AB crystal <laughs> will remind me of her. Nice. <laughs> she would, she would, um, uh, when she was, you know, finishing up getting ready, she would put in like her last things and look at herself in the mirror and say, blam. hashtag blam and on every single one of her pictures she used to put hashtag blam b-l-a-m just like nice blam (laughs) so bad so stupid stop trying to make blam happen (laughs) yeah oh that's that's awesome oh it's been forever since i've seen those crystals too count your lucky stars (laughs) They're hideous. <laughs> They're hideous. Nice. Is there is there anything else? I know that there, I guess, because so many of the clubs, especially here in Salt Lake, um, they've changed names, changed owners, and all of that. Are there still any of those that still kind of remind you of Evica? Um, funny you should say that the club that we all used to go to, Club Sound, Club Pure, um, at in the venue is another name it was called. Um, that actually was torn, uh, it, it, right after the pandemic started. So, I went, I went when uh, when I found out it was being torn down, um, and just kind of stood outside, and I thought of Vivica, um, right on uh, two hundred west and six hundred south, or sorry, two hundred south and three uh, six hundred west. I th- that void, I think that void will always stick with me of seeing that building just in rubble and thinking about her funeral, um, her little wake that we did uh, um, just down the street at, uh, at the Sun Trap, the Royal Court of the Golden Spike Empire, Empire the R- RCGSE helped put that on and her urn was there. And her urn, of course, was hot pink and covered in AB crystals. <laughs> of course. I'm, I'm sure that's what she wanted. Absolutely, it's what she wanted. 
so I'm curious. Um, I know a little bit of the drag community. I know that it's very, it can be very divisive, especially when you go into the different styles of drag and stuff like that. And it sounds like Vivica was very much of, she wasn't a part of that. I guess now with her passing away, how have your views of that kind of mindset and just overall view of the drag community, how has that changed? If it, if it has at all. Yeah. Um, you're right. It can be very divisive um, through the styles. I think for me in particular, um, I've, I've, I feel like I am an equal opportunity lender. I love all of the styles for what they are. However, I don't think I, or I think now, whenever I see someone who has decided to get up in whatever style of drag they are doing, is that now I see it as a completely valid form of the art. And I can't say that I always, in my deepest, darkest insides, thought that every style of drag was valid. Um, Although it may not be in fashion or uh, coming from a place of wealth and simulated wealth, right? Because no drag artist is um, wealthy. (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, I mean, unless you call like RuPaul and everyone else, but... (laughs) But... (laughs) But yeah, I think I think that's that's a big change that happened after after Vivica passed is that I I I fully support all drag artists. I will take off my bean chat and put it in their hair. I honestly when I get back, if I ever get back to doing drag, I just want to have bean chats all the time <laughs> and and just be there whenever someone needs anything. That's maybe treating everybody as if they're valid and have a place at the table, no matter their situation, um, is is a good takeaway from my experiences with Vivica Starr. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like, it definitely sounds like she was always present in some way for people, even if, like you said, she wasn't the loudest one there or wasn't, like the the most outgoing, but was always kind of quietly there in the background. Just whenever you did need her, you you would just turn around and she was already there helping you. Exactly. Yeah. So with learning of her conditions of having diabetes and everything else, was it was it a gradual shift then for you in in getting to know her and getting to actually understand how everything was going on with her? Yeah, I think I think I I somehow like always knew that she had diabetes, but I don't think it was I think it was more me understanding what diabetes was. Um I've I'd never really understood that. And um after I, I in 2017 I went to uh back to college, back to Cedar City trying to finish out my degree, which I still did not finish, and I actually don't give any Uh, marbles about anymore yeah fair enough um but i mean i'm only i was five credits away a math class and in uh some sort of humanities class and i was just like you know i'm over this anyway um one of my 
other drag um, siblings, family mates, community. Um, the Sissy Riot, I became very close with. We spent that summer and then the fall and all, all together. Um, and they also have diabetes. So with us basically living together for a couple months, I understood what it was to um, have to completely change your diet and watch every single thing that you eat and um, check your your glucose levels and um, be scared for a spike and, and, and have like insulin around, the fast-acting insulin. Like all of that started to make sense to me. So when, when I came back to Salt Lake City, um, I didn't look at her the same way. And that's absolutely my ableism talking, right? Um, yeah. No, I... It, it's definitely, I I actually have, my mom has diabetes, and so I actually grew up around that environment, and she had it under control for the most part, but there were like a few places or a few things that now as I'm older, I realized, oh, this is not just a weird quirk of hers. This is because she has diabetes. Like, she always had a granola bar and candy on her at all times no matter what and she would never do any of the really active sports that sometimes me and my siblings and my dad would take part of mm -hmm. because she had to watch what was going on she always she always ate different than the rest of the family she was always very mindful of what she ate and and told us as kids because she had diabetes while she was pregnant with us and so there's that risk factor for us to um develop it later and so I actually grew up uh, kind of with an understanding of what diabetes was. and But like you said, like later on, some things don't click until you're much older and you realize, oh, there's a reason why this is different. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, yeah. I, I do think that like it's, it's interesting that having that time away from them and then coming back with new knowledge, you have that that appreciation, which I think is actually something that a lot of us sometimes don't pay attention to is sometimes we may not understand someone and that doesn't mean that they're a bad person or they're weird. It's just, we just don't have all the knowledge. And then once we have it, mm -hmm. we can see them in another light in, in another point of view. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about with Vivica or, or mention about her? No, I think I think I've said it all. I think I've Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think the only thing to to drive in is that the person that rubs you the wrong way might just be the person that you end up liking the most later on. I I can definitely agree. There are some people who in my life specifically, I can think of a few where at first glance I did not like their attitude. I did not, or it wasn't even so much their attitude. It was more of they're very different than me. Mm -hmm. And so I don't really want to spend that much time with them. Yep. But after some time and after seeing them in different situations, after seeing that they are someone reliable or someone who I can joke around with or someone who I can interact with in some positive way, it does change your, your mind frame like around that person. Yeah. Shifts that perspective, that perception. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. She's great. I miss her. I miss I miss that I can't go out and just see her and uh just watch her sit with her drink and just side eye everybody at the club, no matter who you were. <laughs> And just see her face tell you everything about how she felt about them. <laughs> that's that's a very good thing to to find in someone because I think a lot of us are kind of afraid to actually show what we really think sometimes. Mm-hmm. So when you do find those people, like it can be it can be jarring for sure at first, but also very much needed. Cut through all the bullshit. Exactly. Well, thank you for for coming on and introducing Vivica to all of us. She sounds like she was a truly amazing, wonderful person and someone who, like you said, she may not have been like the most outspoken or anything else, but still someone who you could have a good time with. Absolutely. And I'm so happy that you had me here. Thank you so much. Of course. Um, Yeah. I had a really good time talking to you and catching up. And let me tell you, I am going to find a video of Vivica performing that goddamn stupid mega mix. Um, <laughs> so your your listeners can can understand yes. the ridiculousness. Yes, I'm I'm pretty sure that everyone wants to see what exactly <laughs> what exactly her style was. And if you can find a picture with her with that hubcap, I think that would be awesome to see. I don't know if, if you got a chance to, but Oh, I will look for it. Awesome. For it. I will look for it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you again for stopping by. Thank you. Thank you all for stopping by and meeting Vivica. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you want to reach out and share your own stories, feel free to email us at storiesattheofrenda at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Stories at the Ofrenda. Be safe out there, and we'll see you all soon. Te quiero.